Hi, my name is Ian Parry and welcome to What the Future, the podcast produced by Future Leaders Mentoring. Today we're chatting with Christina Renshaw in one of our special podcast series on Leaders Life Stories. Morning, Christina. Morning, Ian. Morning. How are you today? Yes, I'm good, thank you. This bit. Great. Great. No, this is honest. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> we'll be gentle. It's fine. Um, so you're uh, our first um, leader that is very much in the debt collection space. Actually, so I'm really interested in in how this is going to go today, with particularly with the the sort of energy crisis that we've all we're all living and breathing at the moment. Um, and certainly, there'd be a perception of of what people in the debt collection industry do or don't do. Um, probably not helped by a lot of the Channel Five, uh, you know, pay or we'll we'll take it away sort of stories and and and, and TV shows. So I'm, I'm really interested to see how a leader in collections plays out and and mm. uh, some of the, the the softer stuff that that no doubt you you'll be a, an expert in. So um, so just getting into uh, that in a bit more detail than Christina, tell us a bit about who you are and what your role is today. Yeah, so thank you, Ian. So, um, so uh, Christina Renshaw, Head of Collections uh, for Valder Energy, we're an independent gas and electricity supply company. Um, and I have worked in collections for more than 20 years and within energy for 17 years. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. What I'd love to talk to you about today is how much the collections landscape has changed and, and what it was like for me new to the phones and that's where mm. I started life in the debt recovery agency on the phone so um, I'll take you through what it's been like for me um, and perhaps some of the people out there will um, remember what it was like and some people I'm sure will be aghast at what it used to be like. <laughs> yeah. yeah definitely um, so let's let's go even further back than that now then to give again to give people and I really like how actually this question join some things together in, in other podcasts that I've done. So it'd be interesting to see how, how it is for you. So tell us um, a little bit about your first memory. I must say, um, thank you for supplying the questions beforehand. I've listened to these podcasts before, so I knew what to expect. But I think this is the question that I struggled on the most because mm. so often for me personally, if I think it's a memory, it's really a photograph that I've reflected on, and I'm not oh, sure if I remember it or if it's yeah. a photograph, and then I've kind of put together some sort of something that went with it. Um, but I guess the thing that it's no one moment, but the thing that really stands out to me about my childhood is um, I'm a, an only child, and um, and for me, my parents were a really tight knit group. Um, we didn't have a lot of extended family that lived near us. It was just the three of us. Yeah. And uh, I have a really strong memory of um, my dad worked in construction that were taking away traveling during the week. But weekends were, um, were just us. And it would be uh, my dad spent 20 odd years living in Australia. He would love to travel around the UK. And uh, so Sundays was kind of get in the car during the summer, go off and find somewhere, explore somewhere new. Um, and then in winter, it'd be roast dinners and sat in front of the fire. It really was um, kind of, and I've always felt uh, included with my parents. I was never sent off to my room and it was always, it was always the three of us. Oh, okay. So I think that feeds into me as I was growing up and kind of this sense of, uh, independence that I think mm. I have yeah I can imagine um and I really love how people answer this question because 
because it immediately paints a picture for me um, and, and for you in, in your uh, story there that, you know, three of you together sat around the sort of having, having a roast dinner or jumping into <laughs> your car. Yeah. Um, and do you remember any of the cars that, you, that the, uh, your mum oh, and dad had? Oh, my goodness. They had wonderful, old, very rubbishy cars. Bless them. <laughs> um, so uh, because my dad worked in construction, it was always covered in dirt. There'd always be workman's boots in it um, and uh, mud up the sides. I remember a, a Volvo. Uh, this will age me somewhat because the license plate was Bross. And, uh, and I loved brass, so I thought that was yeah. the best thing ever. Um, but we were allowed to, me and my friends were allowed to kind of climb all over my dad's car and it would be perfectly acceptable to be sat on the roof on a <laughs> and making camp yeah. on top of my dad's car. They weren't, um, weren't precious about vehicles at all. Wow. Okay. And I, and I, and I bet you're, you know, with, with all the sort of, working attire there the boots and, and all the other stuff you're probably bringing back the smells of the car as well yeah yeah that's so true yeah I can absolutely yeah yeah I can <laughs> really well not share any further <laughs> but yeah that's true yeah cool thank you thank you for that um so now we've understood a bit about sort of where you've come from and, and your sort of uh family values um how would you describe your, your journey to your current role? Yeah, so um, if I kind of go back quite a bit of a step. So I, I did my A-levels and um, had moved out of home and needed to get a job, really. And so I took my what I had been doing on a part-time basis, working in a hairdresser's, and thought, well, I'll, I'll train to become a hairdresser. That's what I'll do. Mm. Um, and... Uh, I don't have a creative bone in my body, so I'm not quite sure why <laughs> that was the easy route for me and, and rather than anything, any passion that I had. And I definitely couldn't look at somebody and go, oh, yes, you needed to have this there. So it really wasn't suited to me. Um, and as it happened, a friend of mine worked at um, a business college in Northampton and um, set people up on MVQs. And she said, well, leave it with me. I'll, I'll sort you out with a, an interview and you'll do some admin. You'll answer the phone. Um, I said, okay, fine. So I turned up to this indescript building in Brackley and um, sat in the reception and there were posters on the wall about can't afford to pay for Christmas. And I thought, where am I? What what office is this? I don't know really what I'm expected to do here. Um, And uh, then went into the interview and they explained, oh, well, we're a debt recovery agency. And it didn't really mean much to me. And uh, and, uh, you're going to be the first person who's, um, studying while working and we'll support you through that but you're really a test case and a trial um, and we hope that at the end of the period you'll have a qualification but also that you'll get some value from working here okay fine sounds good start me off don't have to work Saturdays brilliant um, and so that was really the start and it was I was uh, I count my lucky starts really that it was not something I had aspired towards, yeah. um, but it got under my skin straight away. There was something yeah. about talking to customers mm-hmm. um, and um, having a very clear set of objectives that were given to me. And um, but you know, having some part to play in how and what that outcome was. Um, I wasn't following a script, and it was there was some personality and yeah. um, I could inject into it, and I really enjoyed it I enjoyed the atmosphere it was very family 
run. It was a small market town. I don't know if you know Brackley, but it's a small market town. But uh, the debt recovery agency was a big employer of the local area. It was uh, everybody went to pub at lunchtime on Friday after work. And there were events and incentives and games, and um, they took their responsibility really seriously. And there was uh, a good training framework, and then coaching and development. And um, and I thought, oh, actually, really, I'm good at this, and I like it. Um, I need to earn a bit more money. I um, was promoted to a team senior, which is kind of a team coach type role. And we were looking after a team of about 50 people, um, largely temps, high turnover of Mm. personnel, of people being brought in and and not able to, um, not wanting to work in that kind of pressure. It was quite difficult at that time. Um, But I did really enjoy it. and, um, And I loved being there. And I am grateful to the people that I had around me at that time. I'm still friends with the the kind of the management team that um, the people that had promoted me or then had been part of that group. And so, yeah, we still see each other today, kind of 20 years on, which is nice. Freaky. Yeah. And we're all, you know, all holding very similar roles in different organisations today. So, again, it's, it's wonderful to be able to share that experience with them. Yes. So a proper apprenticeship in every sense of the word. Then. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. And people that you can, um, that today I would still, if I knew, if I had a question or if I wanted some support and if I needed some advice about something, I know I could turn to you today. Like core relationships in my life, really important. Came to my wedding. I went to theirs. It's really, yeah, the best things. Wow. That's cool. So, but, so um, we're, we're next from there then. So yeah. So I sort of, I'm, sort of uh, beginning to your career when yeah, so, yeah real kind of uh introduction to collections I guess and then um I at the time was spending something like two two and a half hours commuting every day and um and then a advert came up in the local paper for this gas and electricity company around the corner and I thought oh I won't have to drive <laughs> <laughs> it's five minutes I don't have to change lane I remember that being very important to me at the time uh, and um uh and so I went along and I think I was number four on the phones in this gas and electricity company and um and I remember having worked in consumer collections and you know there's consumer uh, credit agreement you signed it you know who the customer is you know what they've borrowed you know where you've delivered the car or the loan has gone into the bank account that all I felt as though I really knew and understood and how to operate and then came into energy and had a very you know uh, quick <laughs> training journey with them and the size that they were and uh, and suddenly thought what have I done I don't know who my customer is um, I don't actually have 100% confidence about the property that we supply. It might not really be that property. Yeah. Um, the metering might not quite work. Um, and so there's this kind of disconnect between what we think the bill ought to be and what the customer thinks the bill ought to be. And um, this is not so easy. And I genuinely thought, oh, cripes, I need to go back. Um, but stuck with it. And and in a very similar vein, actually would not want to change industry now. There's something really, uh, it keeps the cogs going because you're presented with uh, functional issues, operational issues like that, but also, you know, unfortunately, how the marketplace is impacted and, and the different market forces that can have or the government that's in power and what direction they want to go in. Yes. Um, and so for 
for me, I've really just settled in and got right at home. Um, so I was working for an independent, uh, was promoted to team leader after about nine months and, and, and was still reporting into the, or at that point became reporting into the head of department and then stayed reporting into the head of department as their career changed and as my career changed and more opportunities for me uh, presented themselves. Um, I was really fortunate to have that proximity to somebody who um, was setting the strategic direction of, of the department and had such a good influence on the business. And so I learned so much from him. Um, and and he really gave me autonomy to make my own decisions, even at an early stage when I was a team leader, I was able to have impact. And, and perhaps, again, going back to me being quite headstrong and independent as a, a youngster, that was actually quite important to me and became one of the things that really drove me. So it wasn't always about title for me. And I, I don't think I ever said, right, that's what I want to be. It, yeah opportunities and options presented themselves and I got stuck in I enjoy fixing things and I enjoy uh, working with people and um, and I've been really lucky that that that's been available to me and if I mean if you think about it you know you made three decisions there you know from hairdressing to consumer <laughs> credit to energy without without necessarily a plan and <laughs> and, and without um there didn't seem to be like a like anything drawing you that was big or, or purposeful. It's just kind of like, well, okay, hairdressing, maybe, no. Um, and then a friend helped me out. And then something very close to, to home. I'm just like yeah. nice and simple. But but they uh, certainly the, the last two decisions seem to have really worked out positively for you. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I think that's. I'm a true believer in, in kind of um, going with your gut and what feels right at the time. And, mm. and you might take a bit of jeering along, but, um, but fundamentally you should um, trust your own decisions, I guess. Um, and so I would get involved in different projects along the way, which would push me out of my comfort zone and I'd have to learn new processes or sides of the business I hadn't been exposed to before but again for me that's that's part of life isn't it you need to keep learning but the, you're right there wasn't ever a, a kind of a grand plan there wasn't a five-year plan about where I needed to get yeah. to it was quite organic for me yeah yeah and and um so it's, again that's a that's a theme that I've I've kind of picked up from these podcasts so far is there's not many people with a plan and it's almost like the people that just say yes to the opportunity. Yes, that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I, I don't think I can remember a time where I've said no. Because even if it's something that I'm not particularly interested in at that time, there's somebody new to work with, um, mm. and you'll learn something from the new people that you're working with, even if, and it doesn't matter what. For me, it doesn't matter what level they're at. It's yeah. important. That's a new relationship and a new opportunity to learn. Yes. And is that is that kind of taking an opportunity? Is that what then took you from a larger energy supplier to a brand new uh, new startup energy supplier? Because that that has its risks, yeah. obviously, as we've seen in the last twelve months. Yeah. So um, 
yeah, so I mean, I worked for the, the first company for 14 and a half years. And um, in the, the couple of years before I left, they were sold. Um, and and to that, there was quite a transformational change. And, um, and what we had built up until that point was probably a, a rather siloed operation. We, um, we had a we had the collections teams which for, for SME um, energy involves people being on the telephone but also field services people door, door knocking going to people's properties therefore people engaging with the courts and making course applications and then on the, the kind of the end of the journey debt recovery partners solicitors in-house legal um, we had a in-house QA team we had um, a resolutions team who were taking customers that had previously been in debt and almost hand-holding them through the collection cycle afterwards. Um, we had in-house uh, L&D officers, and it really, it, had, it was its own beast, and, um, and it had grown to almost 200 people um, just within the collections uh, department. And, okay. um, and when the sale happened, it was... You know, from an outsider coming in, that's a really big collection team. Why have we got such a big collection team? Mm. Um, and so went on a, a journey of, of reorganizing and as the business framework changed and um, and I started to lose my identity. Um, mm-hmm. I felt as though I, although I felt engaged at the start of that journey, towards the end of that journey, I, I knew that I had become disconnected with them Um, and I felt as though that reflected in in my motivation. Um, I think it was probably obvious to the people who knew me well. Mm. Um, And then a new independent energy company uh, started on their journey um, and it was an opportunity to, you know, put my stamp on something again. And at the point where I had become almost disillusioned with with that, there was this new shiny toy and what a wonderful and fantastic opportunity to start it all over again and, and really roll up your sleeves and, and get going again. So it was a no-brainer for me. It didn't take, uh, it wasn't a second choice. It was just absolutely, sign me up. Um, <laughs> no, unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, that was right at the start of COVID. <laughs> so as far as uh, initial journeys are concerned, it's, it's, um, it's an unusual first yeah. three years. Um, but, you know... Uh, that's you only get stronger by being challenged, don't you? You you absolutely do. Um, and as you mentioned at the beginning, you know you've been in this collections industry now for a good while, and you've reached um, you know the the impressive positions of, of head of. You're also uh, a judge for sort of um, for credit strategy, which sees you know loads of kind of um, all the sort of best stuff coming forward. Um, and certainly that must feel pretty cool as well from that from from that uh, girl that started off as a NVQ uh, student learning all the ropes and now you're you're judge you're you're judging all, all yeah. the, the best stuff in the industry that must feel pretty super cool it's a massive honor uh, to be able to to be uh, involved in the in the judging process um, it's the third year that I've been involved and um, I think from again for me who's worked in in utilities for such a long time it's so interesting to hear from other sectors because um, I think that again 
why stay uh, on the same track and just look at what other utility companies are doing? It's interesting to find out what's yeah. going on in, in car finance and what's going on in, in consumer loans and, and how other uh, sectors are responding to the market conditions and how they're pushing themselves. Some of the submissions that we read, this it's so obvious how much passion there is in those um, enterprises to be able to to drive their vision forward and mm. and they're doing some fantastic work and it's yeah it's an absolute honor and a privilege and and, and i am grateful every time i'm asked and it's I wonderful bet. yeah i bet um and also thinking about that that sort of the length of your career to date is is there like a biggest change that you've noticed across that time yeah you so you know what there's it when i started it was like this and now it's like this yeah, so really it's the treatment of, of customers. And and I say that because they didn't used to be called customers, they used to be called debtors. Yes. Um, and uh, when I started out in life on the phones, it was uh, a perfectly acceptable technique to say whatever you needed to say to the customer in order to force them to pay. And so... Mm. Terms like that, forcing somebody to pay. Yeah. Um, we were the only option. You had to pay us, otherwise this awful thing was going to happen to them. And, and it wasn't um, this kind of concept of threat or consequence. It was very much intended to be a threat. And, yeah. um, and some of the tactics that were used um, in order to get a customer's attention to make them do what you wanted them to do. Um, that was just day-to-day activity. And it and the industry had a reputation of being aggressive for a good reason. It, it was, and it, it was okay to lie to people and to mislead them into, um, into believing something very real was going to happen to them and that they had to act now in order to avoid that. Um, and so... Uh, for me, when I first moved to the energy company, I, having come from debt recovery, I, I knew about the Credit Services Association and the, uh, the diploma that they ran. And I said, I mean, literally within a couple of weeks of me being promoted, right, well, now I want to go on this diploma. I need to learn everything it is to, to work in a compliance industry. And it might be self-regulating, but actually it's really important to me that we do things properly and that we um, that we really treat our customers well and I want to learn what I looked at as being the the kind of gold star of of approach so um, I remember being the only creditor in the room on the uh, diploma and everybody else came from uh, finance and um, and I and there was a joke made by one of the tutors early on don't all jump on her at lunchtime to give you her business cards let her (laughs) let her learn with the rest of you Um, and then we uh, I, I found that incredibly valuable and particularly because I quite like uh, the framework of, of compliance and yeah. um, understanding what it is to, to work within a, in that framework. So uh, then I made sure that every senior person in our department either went on the credit services diploma or went on the Chartered Institute of Credit Management. And it was important that we held that standard amongst ourselves um, and so that my colleagues took some pride in the profession and, and you know, utilities often eventually introduced standards of conduct, which is kind of very similar to treating customers fairly that existed in financial services. So if it was a definite transition again at that point that 
suddenly you felt as though it wasn't just us that had um, signed up on a voluntary basis to stand by the, the CSA standards. Actually, now there's some confidence that the utility yes. providers are doing the same thing with the standards of conduct. So um, there was a definite, again, change in approach and, and treatment of, of customers Yes. Um, at that point. And, and we think about that language you used earlier, so the, the lying, the threatening behaviour, the consequence. What, what would you say the language of today is in comparison? Today's, today's about education and it's about options. Um, mm-hmm. So we can talk to customers about um, what the, it's about having a, a sensible conversation with somebody and, and treating them as a human being. They're not just a number at the end of uh, the, at the end of the day. It's, and, and for me, I support SME businesses. So it truly is the person you're speaking to, it's their livelihood and, and the impact that we have on them is really uh, significant it's important that people have choices and they're able to use those choices. And so um, I always say ears are are more important than mouths sometimes um, because you need to hear what's going on with your customer and and really work with them. Um, It's, I always, when I I have like a, a, a presentation I give out to any new, new person that starts at the business and, so it doesn't matter which department they come from. I try to break down that that impression that they might have about collections, and yes. they might still believe that we're the nasty people that sit in the corner of the office, and, and actually we're not that person. And if any of my team were like that, they wouldn't be suited to the role. Um, it's a tough job that we do, and it takes an incredible amount of resilience from my team because you're speaking to people at the very worst point in their lives. Um, but if you're empathetic and controlled and patient and and have a personality i think you'll do well at the job yeah absolutely um and you've shared a a load of different things with us so far so you know early life um all of your experience that you you sort of picked up so far but is there is there sort of a, a single sort of life lesson that, that you kind of have as your thing that you can also share with us? I've probably kind of covered it already in that it's really about people and it's about listening to them. Um, and it's about not thinking that you're the person in the room that's got the best ideas. Um, so for, for me, that's whenever I enter a new project or uh, a new meet a new group of people, then I see that as a learning opportunity. That's always the, my same approach. Mm. And it, I mean, the way you described your childhood, and this isn't uh, amateur psychology hour, by the way. <laughs> but it, it sounded like you know you were you were sat at the table and you were listened to in the same way as everybody else was. And, and does that kind of does that yeah. resonate with you as to how you are today? Yeah, that's one hundred percent exactly that. Yeah. Wow, it's, it's it's wonderful, isn't it? How these sort of nurturing memories kind of come through our, our lives in such a positive way yeah yeah um so moving moving past that then and thinking about um the, the daily routine do you have one um and if you do do you stick to it so my routine in a smaller organization is very different to what it was in a larger organization so oh. um previously it would have been almost almost back-to-back meetings very little time to 
to skip from one to the other and and would often be running around an office a big office um physically running around the office um so today it's very much about um where we are in the month and what our objectives are um organizing uh the people that are um but I, I'm organising myself, <laughs> writing a list. I'm a list person and I'm, I, I draw and point arrows to things. So, yes, I have a laptop, but um, as a bit of a somebody, I've just been given an electronic drawing thing because I need something to draw. Um, I My husband jokes that I shouldn't be listening to Radio 1 because I'm too old for it. Um, but it's... <laughs> my bread and butter in the morning, that and coffee. Um, And I would love to tell you that I'm really great and do lots of exercise every day, but I don't. Um, My chill time is my commute and listening to audiobooks, um, whichever they, sometimes it's something that's very good and will teach me something. And sometimes it's just silly and some comedian's latest story. Um, and I quite enjoy sitting and watching crime dramas. So uh, though if there's a new telly programme that's involving some sort of crime thing, then I'm all, yeah. all over that. Wow. So that's how you kind of chill out at the end of the day. Then. Yeah. Yeah. But day to day in my day, I have I do start with a structure. I try not to beat myself up too much if I don't achieve everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I do use my commute to think about and uh, reflect and and use that as, as lessons for the next day. I do. For me, I. I am a reflector and it's important to me that I take those um, tidbits into the next day. So, um, yeah, so that's me in a nutshell. Cool. Okay. That's helpful. Thank you. Um, and then then moving on to um, a really important topic in, in bias. Um, it's something I ask everybody, which is, do, do you think bias will, will be removed or do you think it's just part of who we are and we're getting better at it, but it will always have some form of bias. Um, so it is a really important question. And it's, um, I think that generationally uh, we are getting better. Um, in fact, I was only talking to a colleague this morning about um, the fact that uh, there is Certainly there has been in my household, in other households, challenging conversation between kind of parent and child as as those generations have come through about what we're willing to accept and what we're not willing to accept. And what was accepted previously is is for good reason not accepted today. And and I think that people develop biases based on their own experiences, of course. But it's... It's a dangerous approach to um, be such broadly applied, and so um, I am, you know, I am female, um, and I could have shared experiences with you about challenges that I might have had in the workplace, but thankfully I haven't really had. I don't feel as though I've had challenges in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, I certainly have spoken to other people in, in other sectors particularly, and, and they have. And, and, and again, from reading the, the nominations for the awards, I, I see sectors where they are consciously making a change for inclusivity and, and hats off to them because they've recognised that they need to do that as a conscious yeah. approach. Um, but I, it's, it's a challenge for everybody to make sure that they're being as fair and consistent and um, 
And I guess that's what I would hope for. I don't mm. think it's impossible to, to wipe out all bias, but I do think fair and consistent is what we should aim for. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and certainly for me, I, I, I've learned that it, it's, it's absolutely cool and okay to ask the question, um, even if you think it's gonna take you into an uncomfortable conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, because I think if your if your starting point is from uh, naivety and you're mm-hmm. trying to learn something and you're mm-hmm. trying to understand something, mm-hmm. um, and it's f- coming from a good place, then I'd much rather be told, "No, that's wrong. You, you're mm-hmm. you're wrong in your understanding there," um, or what you've said there, you know, is is very coming from a privileged position or you know, it's, it's very sort of male orientated, then, okay, cool. Well, I can, I can do something with that then. I can, yeah. I can understand it um, and I can adjust and change the way I think about it because I've had the conversation rather than avoiding the conversation and, and therefore not, not taking that learning opportunity on board. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Christina, we're... We're at the last question of the podcast. Can you believe it? We will. Oh, <laughs> um, so, so we're next for for you and your life and your career. Um, you know, you've already said you haven't. You know, not not a big one for long term plans. But do you do you have a sort of a something on the next horizon for yourself? Yeah. So, um, and without wanting to, at this point, bog you down too much, but the. For us as a business and where I am in, in, in with this business, it's really pivotal for us. Um, we're growing and that's fantastic and that's a great place to be. Um, it's not lost on me the uh, challenge that our customers have over the next 12 months in particular um, and the uh, and the difficulty that they've had in the last two and a half years, you know, to come from a pandemic into an energy crisis yeah. um, is... Oh, we wouldn't have imagined it five years ago, would we? No. Um, and and it's for me, it's really important that I stay informed about how that is feeling for our customers, um, and that we respond in a in the right way as well. Um, I tend to uh, so the money advice trust and the the kind of publications and the research that they do in. Um, in, from the contact that they have. So um, stat-wise, uh, 55% of business deadline callers surveyed had fallen behind on one or more household bill as a direct result of the pandemic. And so that this was um, information they published in December. 62% had fallen behind on one or more business bills. And 79% of small business owners regularly lost sleep and 78% were worried about the business future. I mean, those wow. stats in themselves are just... Yeah, uh, they're scary. They're scary yeah. stats, um, yeah. and you know that's that's our customers, and that's who we support on a day to day basis. So mm. it's important that I don't lose sight of that. From and from so for me, what what does my next six twelve months look like? It looks like making sure that my team are, are well and appropriately resourced, and um, and have the tools that they need in order to. Mm, make it possible for them to support those customers so that's you know there's lots of um projects going on at the moment about how best to do that and how best to achieve that and so um that 
it's for me, it's about rolling on the sleeves and getting on with it. Great. That's a really good point to, to end things. Other than to say, um, you showed me your mug earlier <clears throat> that your team had bought you. Are you, are you comfortable sharing what it says on it and why? Yeah, so um, I think it was my birthday gift from my team. They bought me a mug that says kind of care, kind of don't. And um, I, think, I think that sums me up. And I feel like I can't take it into interviews if I'm interviewing somebody um, because it's not quite understood. I, I basically, um, I absolutely do care. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's uh, my responsibility not not to be too flappable um but i absolutely do care and, and it runs deep how much i care um but i love the fact that my team thought that that summed me up <laughs> yeah that is really nice actually when they, when when the team spots something like that yeah. um, so that that seems like a great place to end things christina so thank you for for jumping in today i know this was a, a bit of a leap for you as far as, you know, first podcast, um, feeling a little bit like this is a scary prospect, but I was really pleased with, um, with what you were able to share. I know there'll be loads of people that will listen to this afterwards that will really enjoy it, take loads of inspiration from it and your journey. And again, this, this kind of no, no plan plan um, seems to sort of be, be winning the day, actually. Thank you, and I've, um, I've really enjoyed it. Actually, I was nervous, and uh, um, but yeah, you've made it painless. Thank you. No worries at all. Um, so, as always, everybody. So, thank you for choosing to listen to What the Future. If you've enjoyed this episode, then please hit the subscribe button and tell others about us. Um, and we've talked quite a bit um, about mentoring today and how uh, relationships are so important for careers. If you feel the same way and you want to sort of uh, jump on that uh, journey with us then then please go to our webpage which is uh, www.futureleadersmentoring.com uh, and tap the join us button uh, or equally uh, you can follow us on LinkedIn and jump in on the discussions and, and see what we're doing on LinkedIn so for now uh, goodbye and we will speak again soon